From Spotify, this is The Window. First-person snapshots of life during the pandemic. I'm your host, Xavier Jernigan. Today, we're going to spend some time with Wilson Tang. For the past decade, he's been running the oldest dim sum restaurant in New York City's Chinatown. Namwa Tea Parlor opened its doors 100 years ago. It's one of those places that both tourists and locals line up for. Like over a typical weekend, they used to serve up to 900 people in a day. But now, it's quiet. On March 15th, Namwa Tea Parlor shut down temporarily due to coronavirus. Since then, Wilson's been thinking about what the future could look like for restaurants in Chinatown. And he's been watching Namwa's outposts overseas in China for signs. Two of them just reopened at the end of April, and that's giving him hope. We sent Wilson a set of questions, and he recorded his audio diary at his home in Manhattan. I live with my wife, May, and our two children, Ryan and Lucy. Uh, Lucy's in kindergarten, and Ryan's in second grade. They, they actually both take Chinese school on Sundays. My, my Chinese is not that great anymore. And the, the schooling that they've taken has surpassed what I already know. And like, I'm kind of doing the FaceTime with my mom to help them with the characters and writing the strokes uh, of the calligraphy. But the English component, the Monday through Friday, is, has been okay so far. How did you come to own or work at Namwa Tea Parlor? Well, um, this restaurant has been in my family for quite some time. Uh, my uncle, uh, Wally, has been working there since the 50s and eventually buying it from the previous owners uh, in the 70s. In 2010, he finally decided to retire. I was presented this unique opportunity to keep the family restaurant running and, and to bring it into the, the next generation. For those of who've never been to Namwa Tea Parlor before, you would essentially see a, a, a restaurant that looks like a diner. It's very diner-esque with the red boots. The tables have this metal ring around the tabletop that almost looks like a retro 1950s burger joint. And on the walls, I kind of did something that I saw at Cat's Delicatessen. It's just pictures of random people that's been in the restaurant. When you look at it, it's like, oh, wow, this place is really old. And sometimes to a point where it's so old, like it's kind of like grungy looking, which I kind of like. Some people, like I look at my Yelp reviews, some people think it's like, oh, this place is like run down. And some people just love the fact that it's kept this way. So it's a mixed bag. A lot of our kitchen folks are in their 50s and early 60s. And a lot of our front of house staff is, you know, ranges from 20s to 40s. They are primarily uh, Chinese American or uh, first generation immigrants. They are typically traveling from Brooklyn or like Bensonhurst and Sunset Park. What are you hearing from your staff when reports of coronavirus were first coming in from China at the beginning of the year? So our staff was actually 
informed very early, you know, very early on just hearing the news and uh, from family and friends back home. There was already an heightened alert at the at the end of February. We were actually facing one of the largest declines in business ever. It was just a combination of sinophobia and xenophobia. Like people in general were afraid to come to Chinatown because everyone was hearing about this virus from Wuhan. And, um, you know, the Chinese people were afraid of Chinese people or Chinese restaurants because they were afraid of this virus that originally started or, or came from China. What was the restaurant and staff facing at this point? Did you have any concerns? They were afraid, you know, they were afraid to come in because for the young workers, they live in multi-generational households. So like they were afraid that if they got the virus, they would be fine, but they might transmit it to like their parents or like their grandparents. And so I was getting that feedback. And um, the other thing was just riding the MTA. Um, you know, everyone's on these WeChat uh, chat rooms or Weibo chat rooms amongst the Asian community where... They're all part of these chat rooms and they're talking about like discrimination or racism uh, or racist acts that are, are happening on the subway. And um, they were scared to take the subway and, and I don't blame them. During the early weeks of the pandemic, there was one story that, that the New York Times ran about the coronavirus and the lead picture of the article was a picture of the restaurant. And I got so many phone calls and text messages and DMs about that, that we had to call the New York Times right away to tell them to take that picture off because it is adding to the, the damage. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people took screenshots of it. And in one, in, in one instance, someone said that there's an old lady that lives upstairs of Namwa that started the coronavirus in Chinatown. And that just kind of blanketed the neighborhood and other shopkeepers, other business people, you know, from travel agents to like uh, other restaurants, they would come to me to tell me like, hey, people are, are saying this kind of stuff. I, I think as immigrants, um, as Asian Americans, you know, I speak for myself and my community, you know, we work so hard to kind of assimilate into society and to be equal. And one little thing like this uh, really takes us back a couple of steps. You can't really change what's already been said. Um, you know, people can apologize and whatnot, and even like Trump calling this the Chinese virus. I mean, that has damaging effects. And, um, you know, we, we have to keep fighting. We have to keep working towards um, equality and, and being fair. So even the weekend before the mandate is shut down, we already kind of knew like, hey, all right, this is not worth it. There's lives at risk here. And, um, you know, even at 50% capacity, you know, we have a 50-person staff at the tea parlor. And uh, it just doesn't make economic sense to, to, to run a, a business with that many employees to do 50% of the business. So we paid out for the rest of that week, uh, and then I instructed everyone to just take unemployment. We have to ride this out. We're constantly looking at the hospitality business in Asia to see how they are reacting. We're basically following their leads with you know, social distancing in, in the restaurant, 
uh, and we're we're trying to adapt their protocols. Like we're stockpiling um, masks for our staff. We're thinking about doing dumpling kits. We're doing you know outdoor seating scenario to give diners confidence into coming into Chinatown if they can have a whole block to themselves where they're seating outside. We just have to kind of keep our fingers crossed. What's the best advice you've received lately, or a quote you've been thinking about? I think the best advice is、um, just be patient. This will pass, and we'll be stronger. We keep seeing Instagram posts of people baking bread. What else should they be making? Ooh, that's a good question.、Uh, after bread, I think it's meatballs. I think it's meatballs because. Meatballs. There's so many different variations. There's so many different like meats you can like you can you can put different grades of meat in there. Dried aged beef, leaner beef.、Um, you can put veal, chicken meatballs.、Um, dumplings is another one I, I think would be super fun and easy. And I think meatballs and dumplings are are the next thing that、uh, our Instagram family should be making. What's one thing you're excited to do once this whole thing is over? We've been, we've essentially had what, what is it like six weeks now? So six weeks, three meals a day. That's a wait. How many how many meals is that together at home? That's over a hundred meals that we've had at home. I definitely would love to have like a margarita and like some tacos、uh, right downstairs of Namwa at Pokeria with my family. Wilson Tang. He runs Namwa Tea Parlor in New York City's Chinatown. New episodes of The Window drop Wednesdays and Fridays. On the next episode, a doctor who's been caring for COVID-19 patients in Albany, Georgia, one of the hardest-hit spots in the South. I gotta tell you, I enjoy my job, even in light of the current circumstances. I want to come to work because, in my mind, coming to work gives me an opportunity to help someone. The window is created by Gimlet Projects. This episode was produced by Carrie Ann Thomas. Fact checking by Max Gibson. Our supervising producer is Caitlin Baguki. Editing by Renita Jablonski and Andrea B. Scott. Mixing and sound design by Catherine Anderson. Music by Catherine Anderson. Our theme song is by Emma Munger. Abby Razika is our executive producer. I'm Xavier Jernigan. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier Jernigan. J E R N I G A N. Stay safe. Peace.